back to I Am Shatoria. You know, this is our place where we sit and we talk about love, hope, a whole lot of faith, and forgiveness. And I am your host, Shatoria, and I am excited about today's show. You guys know I use excited and geek a whole lot, but we, we got an absolutely, absolutely humbling show today that I am excited to have with you guys. And today we are talking about the art in Black um, mixed together. I call it the Black art. And I say that because it is Black History Month, but, you know, to be able to be among artists and poets and singers who are in the Black community who are speaking about the art, that's really big for me. I love, 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 love art. I love the the artistry of spoken word, what it do, and, you know, it, it makes you feel some type of way. So today I am honored to be joined by a young man that I actually just met crazy part about it I've, I, I've known his sister almost 19 years um he has a a voice and I'm gonna and if you already have not seen it you will see it on my on my I am Shatoria page it speaks it, it speaks loudly um but again he has a voice he's out here also serving our country um as a fellow airman alongside myself so I want to introduce you guys to as he called himself fresh linen so I want you guys to give a round of applause and a hello to Fresh Linen as he is joining our conversation today. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm honored to be here. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So we got to start telling the world because, um, like I said, I saw you in our group that we have. And, um, and it started off with just a simple question, what we're doing in the community but then somebody, you know, posted your video and I was like, wait, hold on, you know, let me, let me go see this. And the video has been getting rave reviews. I actually had to cut off my notification because it literally kept pinging every time somebody commented. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a powerful one. I, I would definitely say that. So it was a blessing to hear it. So tell everybody who, who you are, what, what you're about, what, what are you trying to do? So uh, my name is George Lennon. I go by Fresh Lennon. Uh, that's my stage name. Uh, it's, the funny thing is that in college, you know, this one of my roommates jokingly called me Fresh Lennon. And uh, once I joined the Air Force and I got on stage, my supervisor started calling me that. Uh, so I just stuck with it. You know, I stuck with it. And, you know, I get all the, you know, air freshener and Snuggies jokes all the time. But at the same time, you know, I've embraced it. That's I me. thought about that, though. I was like, Ooh. That's, yeah, that's me. Uh, I love it, you know, and I even take it, you know, different directions depending on the poem and stuff like that. But uh, spoken word is definitely my heart. That's the best way I can say it. Uh, my biggest thing is talking about vulnerability. I, I teach it a lot, like as an ALS instructor, uh, Amber Leadership School instructor, uh, being vulnerable is part of the key to having people, uh, to proving to people that you love them and that you're human, right? And that's, that's a piece that we seem to be missing uh, a lot lately, especially what's going on all over the world, especially in the States, right? We forget about the love portion. Um, and part of that love is vulnerability. And I think spoken word is all about vulnerability. Let me get on stage and tell you in like, give me five minutes and I'll tell you my whole, whole life. And I bet you, you can relate to it somehow, right? Or you're, I'm going to educate you somehow. Um, have no idea who I am. Can't tell if I'm a good person or not. But once I get off that stage, I'm like, dang, that was fresh. Linda, I know him. I'm, I'm him. I, I connect with him. And um, that's probably the best part about it. And that's what I love about uh, spoken word. That's what I love about being a spoken word artist. I'm just constantly growing. It's constant uh, free therapy is like I, I like to call it. Still go to real therapy, y'all. But I still think poetry is uh, a grip form of therapy for me anyway. Uh, yeah, and yeah I love that's it. me. I love it. Um, the 
the vulnerability, that is something we big that I talk about on my show is the vulnerability to be open to love. And, and as my opening says, we talk about love, hope. I'm big about faith and, you know, we don't add a forgiveness to our bunch too. So I think I'm going to add that vulnerability word in there too, because yeah, it's, it's, it's the way of life. So with that though, um, how did, how did all of that apply to you to get into art? Like what, what made you say, I'm, I'm going to get into art and spoken word at that? You know, I get this question a lot. And <laughs> before, like two months ago, I would tell you, I don't know, it just happened, right? I don't know why I'm pretty decent at memorizing. I don't know why um, I love music. I love uh, painting and uh, singing and doing poetry. I don't know why. Like my parents don't do it. Like my mom, dad, they don't, they don't do any of those things, but they encourage it, but they don't really do it. They appreciate it, but they don't really do it, you know? And my little sister, she's also into arts. So, and we both were sitting here thinking, and my mom, uh, my wife is pregnant. So my mom is in her, her super grandma mode and she sent a baby videos and like toddler videos. And this videos is me a kid, you know, just so my wife can see like, hey, this is probably how your baby gonna be. And in the video clips, there's skits of me or there's little uh, practices of me practicing my uh, skit at for church uh, when I was Noah. So I'm, my mom is like, she has a TV on, she has the phone ringing, she has babies crying and she's like, you need to focus memorize your lines like let's go let's see you do it no get more into it and if you would have asked me a couple months ago I would say no I just came out of nowhere you know but it's already it's already been there I was been groomed for it uh, already uh, to be a, to be a public speaker to be an advocate somehow and then my supervisor back in uh, Korea started having a debate about uh, Pangea um, where black people really started who was the first people and stuff like that and I think he was just really hyped because he had a poem written about it. And I was like, I write poetry too, you know, like, you know, Rose the Red type stuff. And he took me to open mic and like opened my mind to a whole nother. And I've been to open mics before, but I've never seen anyone perform so passionately. And I was like, man, I can, I, I can get like that. I'm already like that. So let me start rewriting my poetry to do this. And once I've done that, once I did that, like I said earlier, people were like, yo, you said what I don't want to talk about. You say things that I couldn't talk about. Um, and being, you know, there's there's a lot of, we call it generational curses, right? Uh, so I told my mom the other day, and I, I'm glad I'm old enough and we're able to be vulnerable to talk like this. But I was like, hey, we didn't really have a household where the youth could really speak their mind. So, right. you know, that's why it's a little bit of frustration is going on with us as adults. And she, she said, I, I understand that and apologize. But that's something that has been passed down to her from her parents and probably, you know, so on and so forth. So we're able to, to communicate that. And so we can stop that from happening. And I think that's why I love spoken word so much. Why that out of all the arts that I do, this one connected the most because I wasn't able to express myself as a young man, as a young black man, uh, who's this insecurity is just like, you know, it's just as close to me as my melanin is just like, I always was unsure about a lot of stuff, but, spoken word was a chance to like hey I'm I feel weak with this and then I turn it into a power which is crazy but no it's yeah. absolutely not crazy I love the vulnerability of how you speak because I think a lot of things when you ask people where they get they give from I don't, I don't know and I you know I've, I've come to learn that um God has already ordained us from the time we're in the womb he already know what's about to happen he 
he got that. So, but I love something that your mother did though, while you was practicing that Noah part. Cause I remember them church days, you know, yep. you, you getting ready, you nervous because you got that Easter time, you got that speech. But mm-hmm. the fact that your mother put all the noise there because we yes. can easily be distracted when it comes down to, and we'll easily forget. We were like, oh, what was that? <laughs> But I love how she put all the different noises in there because it's a reality. It, it is what it is. Um, but one of the things that you said as a as a black man, um, being vulnerable, generational curses. Uh, yeah, I know that one firsthand. Um, I've spoke about it before. Mm-hmm. I'm all about breaking generational curses. Um, I am the first on my mother's side to graduate with a degree, actual college degree, and now I'm in my master's program. Uh, my daughter is only six, and she's the first as a kid to own her own business. And Come on now. <laughs> I am the first to own my own business, not one, but two. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things you want to, you want to break those curses and generate a new type of understanding of living life. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, not being able to speak as children. And that's one of the things that we've given our kids. I have a very, very open relationship with my son. And when I say open, God, Jesus is open Sundays. I'd be like, do I really want to know these songs? Yeah. <laughs> but we have a very open relationship. I literally mean we talk about everything, but he still knows I'm mom. You know, we, right. we, we talk, but I'm mom. And I have the same thing for my six-year-old. So it is definitely um, a curse that needed to that need to be broken across the board. So I'm, I'm very blessed to hear that you are definitely do that. But something you said, too, I want to ask the question art and being a black man what does that mean for you especially in to say because you're overseas and i'm stateside mm-hmm. so i'm over here praying for the for the black man for their strength mm-hmm. and for all the things they go through but what is art and you being a black man them together what what is the meaning for that for you so at first like i told you um it was very just like i, I even wrote it in like a couple of my poems like i don't i don't write to appease the listener or the fan or something like that and it used to be that way to be honest um because a lot of artists i look up to they were saying if you do that you're going to constantly be in this box and and your fans and your supporters are going to be like well that's not what you normally talk about go back to what you were doing so i used to tell myself like all right cool i'm not going to do that and to an extent i still don't um but actually my wife is part of the reason why this changed so my wife is german born and raised in germany uh, her grandma was alive for World War I and World War II. So that goes to show you like where the mindset of her, her aunts and her mom were, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she, her family is super multicultural. Like there's black people in her family, uh, range of spectrum of the different colors in her family. My wife, you know, growing up, she had baby dolls that were just different colors, didn't think anything of it. Um, even like uh, sexuality is nothing that no one would look at you and be like, oh, you're gay? Are you bisexual? No, it was just like, okay, that's the way they are, which I think is crazy. Um, but when she met me and she met all of our friends, they learn about history kind of the way we do. Uh, it depends on where you're at. And then that's how the curriculum is taught. When they learn about World War II, it's breezed over really quick. Like, yeah, there's, there's World War II, we lost a fight and Hitler was a really bad guy. Boom, that's it. Let's keep going past it. So my wife's heard about racism in the States. She's read about slavery and things like that. But to see me as well as other artists get on stage at our local open mics to talk about like experiencing it and then seeing it and how it actually makes us feel, I'm educating her. Like we go home, we talk about it. We watch movies and I'm like, do you know why you can't say that? Do you know why 
even though you're my wife, like if you said this, it'd be offensive. Do you like this constant education? Do you, do you know why? Like, hey, when we go to the States, I'm trying my best not to drive. Like, do you, it's crazy. And I think now as a black artist, it's almost a, a duty to an extent to express our culture because our history has been rewritten and taken away and all this other stuff has been happening to us. So the one way we can perpetuate it and make sure somebody understands us is through our art. So whether it's painting, whether it's creating a podcast, whatever it is you do, you're adding a little bit to your culture and you're sharing it with somebody so they understand. And I think, yes, it's good for you. You're creating for wellness, but at the same time, you're educating, you're, you're pushing it out to everybody else who needs to learn, who needs to know. My wife learned something new every single poem, which is awesome. Uh, and even if that's not my intent, she learns something new, whether it's just like the way word structures are all the way to something, a deeper meaning like, thing I realized you said this and then I seen a movie where they said something similar you're talking about this I thought it was just straight up you're talking about a flower or something no talking about racism you know but is this awesome and that's what I think about with being a black artist it's one a good expression for us two it helps us tell our history and tell our current like what it's like to be us and you know what we're going through and then we're educating other people um so with that and that that wow because that actually added another question to our list, but I'm not gonna okay. hold it. But that is so, that's such a big thing because, I mean, let's be honest, we in America, we, we get upset when they brush over certain history anyway, mm -hmm. um, being African-Americans. And so to hear, because we, a lot of us don't take the time to understand the school system even overseas. So, you know, to know World War One and World War Two, and I'm a huge history buff. I love history. And I think a lot of it is because I never want to repeat it. So I keep my eyes on certain things. But the, the history of World War One, the history of World War Two, and the fact that even in Germany, where a lot of this took place, it's brushed over in history. It's like, yeah, we lost. Hitler was crazy. You know? Mm -hmm. And for me, as a Black woman, hearing that and knowing I have I've had the opportunity to meet survivors of the Holocaust and it's humbling for me because no, they didn't go through everything we've gone through. However, they've gone through something. And to know that even their history is brushed over even in their own country, it's like, yeah, we, we had concentration camps. Eh. And that yeah. is how it is treated here in America. We, eh, we had slavery, eh, it, it was something. Yeah. So that is good information to put out because again, a lot of people don't know the history um, or don't know how the education system is even working overseas mm -hmm. um, to the extent we don't know what kids have been taught unless like me and you have this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and with you being in a, in, a, in a biracial relationship, that's that's a whole nother level, you yeah. know, because I have seen our black men get disrespected because they are part of a mm -hmm. biracial relationship. And for everybody that's listening, look here, I'm all about love. Love who you love. Look here, Jesus ain't looking at color. However, I know everybody has their feelings about it. And it doesn't demean a, a, a person because they're dating outside of their race. Do you? Mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing I'm always going to say is you're taking care of home. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Congratulations on the soon-to-be baby. Thank um, you. As parenting definitely comes. So here's the thing with something that you said and all of that that goes together. What are the hurdles you have had to deal with being a Black man Mm -hmm. overseas married to not a black woman and you doing art what are the hurdles you have had to deal with just even being overseas sure you know stateside is a whole nother story so 
<laughs> we know how to stay sad, but how is it for you? So I think one of the, I think some, for some reason, men are, uh, we're wired somehow to fix things, right? Mm-hmm. When there's an there's issue going on, we're wired to fix things. So one of the first hurdles I'll talk about, uh, we'll just talk about last summer or last spring uh, with everything that happened with George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, you, being in the Air Force, right? Being in the military where there's literally, there's AFIs and uh, there's codes that say, hey, you cannot protest when you're stationed overseas. Um, wow but you gotta go to you if you were stateside you can go to a protest um just don't wear a uniform uh here whether you're in uniform or not you cannot go to a protest so i think one of the biggest things right if i if i am a spoken word artist i get on these stages and i I get people riled up when i talk about racial disparity and racial injustice um what what's my kids gonna say when and if they learn about the riots and protests of 2020 in the States. Dad, dad, what'd you do? Mm. That was like one of the most frustrating things for me because I couldn't do anything. So I thought right off the rep, you know, we're getting emails, government emails saying, Hey, do not go to the protest. Like you cannot do that. We're overseas in Germany. That that might look bad. Like it's a whole lot of other things. So that was, that was definitely a struggle for me as an artist to try to express that frustration. And there's events, right? Like, Hey, we're going to have an event. We're going to talk about black lives matter or Juneteenth, like, can't do it. I'm in Air Force overseas that can be perceived as a protest. Like, okay, well, let's call it something else. Yeah, they already know that you're trying to do this because of what's happening in the States. So now we need to word it differently. So luckily, uh, we were able, uh, working with the African American Heritage um, Committee, as well as the chaplains, we were able to have a Juneteenth event where we got to express ourselves how we really felt about what was going on in the States and what it's like being Black in the military. And then we had a Juneteenth celebration, uh, kind of like an umbrella about it, but it was very frustrating. It was very hard to go to work as a military member, uh, like I said in the poem, like serving a country, you know, where I feel safer overseas than I do at home. Like, how am I supposed to focus when I'm worried about my parents, you know, who, who, who are black, who look like people who are getting killed um, without, you know, they're unarmed. And there's all this racism that's going on. It's all over social media. I can't get away from it. I can't escape it. My students want to talk about it and I'm not going to stop them. So it, that was a really big frustration for me. Um, but it was something I hurdled through art, through co- uh, connecting, right? If I didn't have, like you said earlier, like can't do it yourself. And I'm wearing my uh, return to sender shirt now. Like that's the team that we created because we have the same philosophy that you said. You can't do it alone. You can't do all of these things that you really want to do as a successful artists um, by yourself. But uh, we connected with a lot of other people and were able to put on that event. And another thing, I can't go protest, but all my black friends, all my black male friends who, who wives aren't in the military, they went to a protest. So no, I could not go to protest, but me and my wife were you know, collecting boxes so we can make signs because she's going to the protest in my place. So that was something that helped a lot. Another hurdle, um, being an interracial relationship is definitely, there's a lot of people that believe you can't be pro-Black and be in an interracial relationship. And I feel like I'm living proof that, you know, that doesn't matter at all. Um, you you love who you love. You know, I love my wife. She just happens to be a white German. Um, if she was, you know, any other color, we, that would be a crazy conversation. If she was green or something like that, you know, <laughs> probably have to go to the doctor, but still I would love her because of the person she is. You know, there was nothing like, ah, you know what? Your white is looking really extra 
awesome today. I think I want to marry you. It was had nothing to do with her skin color. And I think her also being an ally and an advocate, um, you know, she almost got kicked out of school back in the day for beating up somebody who called a little girl the N-word, you know, like that's, that's how passionate my wife is, you know, her family having black people too. And the fact that she, she's not dating me for a fetish. And I talk about black people, um, to be black is a fetish and a fear. And I talk about that a lot, right? People want, they want to have sex with us. They want to date us for their experience. Like, hey, I dated a black guy. Or I've never been with a black guy before. Usually uh, when I hear a woman say that, I'm like, bet, I'm not talking to you, you know, or I'm not talking to you on that level anymore because now I'm a trophy for you. I'm, I'm just a notch in your belt versus my wife was just like, yeah, okay, cool. I just never been with an American before. So to me, it was like, dang, she didn't say black. She didn't say black American. She's never been with an American before. Um, so I'm being cautious because I heard you guys just move all the time. Nothing about my race. Nothing. I was like, man, okay. She was like, hold on. You in the military? You move? Yeah. We're going to have to pray about this because I yeah. ain't trying to move. That's like a regular military spouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to move? Oh, I don't think I signed up for this. And she cool with it. She ready. And, that, and you know, it was all good. She was like, yeah, I'm ready to get out of here. See, <laughs> you know, um, I'm glad you brought up those points because yes, protesting is definitely done differently uh, as we are military. And one of the things my grandmother used to teach me, now my grandmother, uh, she was my, she is my black history. My grandmother is fully my black history because she has a lot of history. She's not famous or none of that, but um, my grandmother 19 was born 1943 and died 2017. And I always tell people because I learned it's about what you're doing that dash it's what you're doing in that dash and miss perkins has done so much in that dash my grandmother um hearing the stories you know growing up you don't think it's important until you're an adult and you really get life and you go oh i get what she meant by that so i became really proud of my grandmother once i came in the military i started to really see things because my grandmother actually used to clean the house of Martin luther king jr and i never forget her telling us that story because she used to take us to the Martin luther king center every year so, you know, it, and it wasn't like we did it on regular tour dates. No, no, we yeah. had private sessions. We <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I didn't know as a little girl that I was meeting his children. You know, I, I was the King Center. Cool. I was like, what is great? I didn't know I was, you know, really meeting the King children, you know. Nah, you know, I got to meet, you know, the, the one and only Coretta Scott I didn't know that as a child that, oh, Sam. Oh, these are proper people. They know all that. Yeah. And so growing up, I remember us going through the house and the whole entire night, even going to the church where his mother was killed. That like it baffled my mind as an adult that I missed all of that because for me it wasn't important. Mm. And um that was one of the jobs that she did. And she did it as a, a teenager. Um, and then to find out that she got to work with the first black mayor of Atlanta. Like I'm looking at these pictures and I'm like, Mama, you dope. Like that's nuts. <laughs> you you real dope. Like, hold on for a second, Miss Parker. Let me find that. Hmm. And she has always taught us, you know, she had her spack where she had some issues with racism. But as we got older, you can kind of see it starts fell to the side and she yeah. was just like, whatever. Do what makes you happy. But one of the things she did teach me is I, I asked the question like how you said your kids is gonna ask you, well, what did you do in 2020? Yeah. I actually asked my grandmother. Well, what was you doing during the protest? And grandmother was like, being a mother. Hmm. 
And and I was like, well, you didn't go out and do the, you know, sit-ins? And she said, her that works to me, what she said, God didn't call me to do that. Right. Oh, she said, here's the thing. She was like, if you're called to do something, God's going to give you a plan and how to do it. He didn't mm-hmm. call me to go sit in because she said, at the end of the day, I still have four kids I had to get home to. And she was like, my job was to pray. That's what I did. And as a mom now, and I see the protesting, yes, I could go out as a military member, not in uniform. However, I'm always about, God, what do you want me to do? Because I can protest from behind the computer as how we're doing now and we're speaking up for for us. I don't have to be actually on the front line. And I think that's the problem that we get among ourselves because I've seen a lot of people say, well, if you're not out there protesting and you're not about us, it's not a true statement. Mm Because at the end of the day, I am a, a, a wife that is praying for my, my family, my husband and my son to come home. Yeah. I am also praying that I come home. You know what I mean? Um, and, and living in a DMV area, it's, it's, a, it's very diverse. And it's a lot going on. And so I'm all about safety first. And yeah. I still got kids I have to come home to so I can tell history. And those yeah. I always ask God, you know, God, what you want me to do? You, I can stay home. We can speak about it. I can, and like you said, y'all out there making signs for other people to go, and your wife yep. is going into place. So, I think it's very important um, that yes, we military, we gonna follow rules um, like we're supposed to. Because I ain't even gonna lie, I like my clearance. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I'm gonna always stay remain true to myself, just like you said. You know, I'm gonna stay, mm-hmm. you know, true. And the community needs that. They need us to be true to ourselves, which goes to this. How are you using your words to help the community? Like, how is your words helping the community? And not just overseas, but stateside, because your video has literally, on our Air Force page, has literally just flourished. Yeah. How how is your words working with the community? I don't don't even think I'll truly know the full impact, uh, to be honest. I wrote, I wrote that piece because um, there's an airman uh, who was a prior student and he was just here, a PA, and he had been to Africa. He's been to all these different countries and he's met different people. And then he saw the frustration on base on Ramstein. And he, you know, he hit me up and he was like, hey, like, how would you like to do a video? And at the time he was working with AFN. And he was like, it might not be on AFN, but I do have like, I have ways that I can get the video done. If you want to make a video like it'll just be you and i just want to film you doing a poem about what it's like to be black in the military and i've been doing a lot of events where this is another hurdle um where if i perform on bass i have to rewrite my poem because it might because uh, the equal opportunity has to review everything that's being said um make sure it's no hate speech or anything like that right. or even make people too uncomfortable to be honest so I was a little jaded. I was like, you know, I ain't about to do nothing else on base, man. Like, I'm good on that. He was like, hey, there's no red tape. He said, I'm going to make the video and it's yours. I was like, you sure? He was like, yeah, I'm going to make the video and it's yours. I was like, okay. Um, Cool. Let's talk. So then as we're talking about what what his vision was and what mine is, I was like, you know what? I don't want it to be just me. I already told you earlier, I'm a little camera shy. I was like, I don't want it just on me the whole time. It's weird. It's awkward. I want to, I have a lot of you know, black military friends out here in the community that support me and I support them. I'm going to hit up like 20 something people and see who responds. And then we're just going to use clips like that. So I got 15 of my friends came through. Um, a lot of people fell through. 
or busy or TDY, but they came through and just that experience. And if you watch the video again, um, I had more video clips of them laughing and smiling than I did of them being solemn and serious. And that, went to, that spoke a lot to me as I was editing the video. Um, and I think that's as close as I'm gonna get to like you being able to see the video and then contact me and us being able to talk about it um, a little bit deeper, um, watching the video and seeing my friend's reaction and then hearing that people are hitting them up. My old troop is in a video, uh, Sergeant Boyd. He found out through the video because he walked through the CSS and somebody was like, hey, is this you? And he was like, oh, he posted it? Which is awesome, you know, because we filmed the video over a year ago. And um, I think that is a little bit scary, I guess. It's a little bit of pressure, you know, because, you know, I wrote that. I didn't have any, I don't have an editor, right? And I have my, my team, Return to Cinder. We send each other um, our art and it's kind of like, yo, I think this is dope. Oh, where were you going with this? Stuff like, we get a little feedback like that, but I don't have no editor it was like, yo, like the whole world might see this. So yeah, let's fix this up. And, you know, boom, we, I sent that out. And after I edited it and now it's like all over Facebook, um, most views I've ever gotten. Uh, I think I'm at 18 K on Facebook and 14 K on YouTube. Like, it's nuts. Um, and I'm putting it on my page so people can see it because, you know, yeah. people who don't know you, because we military, because like I said, I only found you through our military page. So my goal is to put it on my page on both personal and business yeah. so people can see, oh, snap. And then I, I was telling someone else, I, I think I'm put on my daughter's business page because she does, you know, sweets or whatever, but it's Black History Month. So why not post it? So yeah. you can see it and be like, whoa, because it was, it was definitely deep. Like I said, the comments are still going on on it and so first of all i'm glad that the page even allowed it to be there and nobody yeah. got offended everybody's like ah that's real dope right there yeah. um and like you said we sometimes we don't know the impact but like i told you before you know to see what i saw and into what you just said to see what i saw and to be able to have this conversation to talk about the depths of the video and what it meant for you to do it that's a big thing because not everybody not everybody is in the um everybody not everybody is that that bold I should mm -hmm. say um a lot of us is coming out of our shells and we're talking about it and not to offend anyone else but we're talking about it because it's not being talked about right um at all and so it's one of those things that make you question yourself you know am I doing something right and like you said it's a scary because you're like wait everybody liking it yeah and I ain't even gonna you start a second second guess yourself like, yeah mm, it, but that's the but that's the power that your words have god you know god set us up in many ways that we don't realize it's for a purpose and right. in this generation in this time you awakening a purpose within the military where you did something that was correct it didn't offend anyone yeah. um it still showed love and it allowed people to have conversations Mm -hmm. it, it, it's open up those doors so you know with that though because you know we, we military and your life being this black man doing spoken word you're in the military what has actually been the hardest decision you have had to make hmm hardest decision I've had to make I know decisions boy we, we yeah you want to know, like, as an artist, um, 
either or artist personal what is that that decision that just really you you just like ooh. hmm i i really don't know and it might sound something really trivial uh and this might go towards a whole another conversation mm-hmm. but my dad doesn't use the n-word and he's really big on that um and side note uh my wife and i were watching trevor noah on the breakfast club today and he has this whole um the way he feels about the n-word as well and he said like every country that's done something bad to black people has a word for that it's just only america made it cool so to speak and i was like dang i never thought about it like that um but that's I, exactly what i thought about yeah and my dad doesn't say it um mm-hmm. i remember him like <laughs> you know yelling at kids and because my dad's a JRTC instructor now um at my old high school and uh I remember him like yelling at my friends in, in the hallway like why are you saying that stuff like that so for me to connect sometimes uh as an artist you go against the grain a lot and I think one of my best uh collaboration pieces I did with another member of Return of Cinder uh is called Next and we start off the poem pretending to be um, auctioneers, slave auctioneers. And it's crazy. Like we, we go in, we studied movies. We, you know, I, I took a class on African-American history um, before 1877. I was just like, you know, we use some terms and everything like that. And then at the beginning of the poem and at the end of the poem, we use the N-word. Mm-hmm. Um, not because we're trying to make it cool, but to show people the impact that it's had since, you know, back in the 1800s all the way until at the time of the poem was 2019, right? We've, we've taken that word and changed it. And I think for me, like you can ask anybody on my team, I, I, I'll type that word in, in my notes. And I think even Siri on my phone is probably looking at me weird when I type it. And I just stare at it. And I'm like, dang, is that really fresh linen to get on stage or say the N word? Does that, does that, does it come off right? Does it, am I, you know, cause it doesn't, I haven't said it and I, I don't like to say it. Um, right. And I'm about to have a child that's going to be half white. My wife doesn't even like when my friend said, and she like hand them up real quick. Like, why are you talking like that? That's a whole nother thing to consider. Like when my kid grows up and listens to my art um, or listens to me talk, is that something that I want to teach them? Is that a word that I want to teach them? And I think, me adding it, if you ever hear me say it in the poem, it, I've, I sat on it for a long time, for a long, long time. And I don't think that's a, um, yeah. I don't know, I can't remember the word that you used, but I think that it is a, um, a humbling thing for me to hear because a lot of us use it so well, um, especially mm. among the community anyway. Yeah. Um, you know the theory you know nobody else can say it, but we can however we are the only country that has literally because overseas and i've heard many people say overseas yeah you ain't, you ain't yeah. we don't use these words over here <laughs> that's not mm-hmm. happening and so i have mad respect for that but i have mad respect for you on that level because it's like um and your dad because for your dad generation that's what they know that's what they've yeah. heard and um yeah yeah so I'm gonna leave that right, yeah. right there. Okay, last big question. What is your biggest, biggest uh, takeaway from your passion? What, what is for you, what is that big takeaway? 
Uh, I kind of mentioned it before. Actually, I mentioned it a lot before, but it's definitely, uh, I don't appreciate it at the time. I, I'll be honest with it because I'm so, if anybody who knows me before a performance, I get in a whole new zone. I'm rehearsing my lines because uh, I like to do a lot of my pieces by memory. Um, I very theatrical and this ties back into like me being, uh, you know, being groomed for this, doing theater back in the day. Uh, so I'm, I'm getting into character. So I'm very zoned in after my piece, but it's the, it's the head nods. It's the, I call it like, uh, you know, mom's good cooking. You just say, mm, okay. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's that when I'm performing, uh, when I get off the stage, it doesn't have to be applause, but somebody coming up to me and be like, thank you. Or, uh, or leaving laughing, you know, if it's a, a lighthearted piece, like if I connected with you somehow, um, if we, we became human together, um, during my piece, that's that's what it's about. And that's what I take away from it is that I need to do this. I'm meant to do this. Um, I'm really big on destiny. I don't know where it came from. Maybe too many video games as a kid, but I'm really big on like the, you know, maybe cartoons or something, but destiny, like I'm meant to do this. Like God was like, yo, hey, chill out. Don't do all of these. You trying to do all of these crazy things. It's not true. Give it some time. I'm gonna, you're going to take some of these L's, but from them L's, you're going to turn your mess into a message. All right. Like, and then ever since then, like, ever since I've been in the Air Force, I've been connecting with people on a level that I wouldn't normally, maybe it's because I'm socially awkward, um, or maybe they are, whatever the case is, but after I do poetry, after I do something creative, and I connect with people, I host an event, um, those head nods, those, you know, those smiles, those thank yous, that lets me know, like, okay, I'm meant to do this. I don't know how far I'm meant to go, um, but I'm not going to hold myself back. Absolutely. I'm going to keep trying keep doing things. No, absolutely. I've always said, um, people say, oh, sky's the limit. I would not say the sky's the limit. I feel like yeah. God could put the stars out there. We have a whole universe. The sky is not my limit and I'm about to flourish some more. Yeah. Um, and so I, I definitely want to thank you uh, for being open and honest with your spoken word, with your poetry and just being free. Uh, it takes a lot for and not just black people, but it's, it takes a lot for us to be free and just go out there and just do what we call to do and trust this is what we call to do. Um, right. You know, there's moments I may second guess like, well, Jesus, did you really call me to be podcast <laughs> and motivation speaking? And then I realized when I'm talking to somebody on the phone, like, girl, let me tell you, don't, don't you do that. You know, so yeah. it's one of those things I'm going, okay, I can, I can do this. Let me, yeah. and I get a joy in um, having conversations with people about their passion and just about things in life. Yeah, you know, this month being February is not just Black History Month, but I call it the the um, the Passion of the Heart Month because it is Heart Month. And so I love speaking with people who are doing something that is their passion. So we definitely, mm -hmm. first of all, wish blessings on you. And because there is no telling where this is about to take you, uh, especially since that one video came out and just yeah. Um, but you know, you, you never know what God has planned. We, we just going with the flow. I mean, that's what we're doing. And, um, and then again, like I said, congratulations on, you know, another milestone becoming a father. That's a whole nother field itself. Um, yeah. so do you know what you have in boy girl? Oh, we're having a girl. Um, oh, and so. we're naming her, can I tell you what the name is? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. Uh, so my wife and I, my wife's a creative too. She writes poetry and she, uh, she's a painter and photographer. Um, but we're both very creative. Uh, her stage name is Ella Diem because uh, Carpe Diem is her favorite saying. Her name is Cindy. Her nickname is Cinderella. Um, but my mom's name is Lanita. 
and her mom's name is Zita. So we're naming the baby Lanita Ella Rose. Oh, yeah. Yes, so I can't wait to see pictures and everything. And yeah. <laughs> Say it again. When is she due? Uh, July. Okay, okay. July 30th. Yeah. I'm okay, okay. Well, you know what? We're going to be uh, our goal. I like to do updates. So I already know I plan on doing an update with you in the next couple, a couple of months. Um, okay. Just how everything is going. We can see how much further this video is going to flow. So we can definitely yeah. know this is what's going on. Yeah. Um, but no, and and for all the listeners out there, um, instead of us ending with our regular uh, music, we, I'm going to actually end it today with George, uh, one of his poems that he's going to choose and we'll have it on there. But in the meantime, how can people actually contact you? Okay, so I just made a website um, about a month ago. I figured, you know what, it's time, you know, I'm growing up. Let's do it. You know, I got to... <laughs> <laughs> Got to step it up. So if you type in freshlinencreates.com, you'll find everything you need to find in there. You'll find my Facebook, um, my Instagram, everything is on there. Even my LinkedIn is connected to my uh, website. But uh, if you're on Facebook only or Instagram, it says G-E-O Fresh Linen on, on every platform. Um, and Clubhouse, if you guys are on that, it's just Fresh Linen on Clubhouse. And you can... Um, also find me at what through my team so we are artist collective uh, and we have painters singers rappers poets uh if you type in return number two so return to sender c-i-n-d-r uh, return to sender and that's a whole nother conversation i could talk about the team um but yeah you can find and i would definitely at some point i would love to have the team on and we just all just chit chat about art yeah um, which uh so I, what i am gonna do is um everybody who's listening all you got to do is um go to the description and i'll have the link in there in the description so you guys are able to click on and you know find them and everything else um but i again i so so thank you i'm just calling you george but you know yeah. fresh linen george you know, <laughs> you know yeah. i'm laughing because fresh linen i just i just crack up because i just washed my linen and i'm over here like oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no i so so appreciate you taking the time to come out speak um and just you know giving your all and I, I do appreciate what you're doing for the community not just the military but the black community itself I'm looking forward to the work that you're going to be producing and um the things that's going to come out like I'm I'm really like excited about hearing it so but to everybody else um again just click into the description and again you guys know y'all can check us out on the seven different platforms that we have uh, just click into the description and you guys will um, see his uh, his information and you guys are able to contact him, see more of his work. And um, don't worry, I'm, we're going to work on having him come back soon, especially before this baby <laughs> comes. We're going to have him come back soon to tell yeah. us, uh, you know, the update on everything uh, with the with this video, which you guys should go on my, my page and you'll see it. But... Uh, as always, thank you guys for joining us today on I Am Tutoria. You know, you can check me out on our social media platforms. I Am Tutoria, Facebook, Instagram. And we are actually now on Clubhouse as well. Um, yeah. We are doing some go. affirmation sessions as this, uh, you know, we, we flowing through the flow. Um, also, our website, IamTutoria.com, where you can get information, merch, and um, updated on events that we actually have coming up. 
And as always, you know, we talk about walk in love, we live fearlessly, and we always, always have a whole lot of faith and forgiveness. And we're going to go ahead and throw in that vulnerability too. I'm going to add that to a podcast from now on. Do that. But thank you guys <laughs> for joining us. And I'm going to leave you, leave you with his poem. And I thank you guys again. Have a blessed one. God has blessed me with you. And on the day you were born, um, how he allowed you to take your first breath of fresh air. It was a blessing to me um, because when you came out of my womb, you weren't crying or anything, but as um, soon as your dad said something, you immediately start to uh, cry. My mother used her environment as a springboard from the status quo, balancing on her support being faith. Mom Dukes, fights with soliloquies, no street talking, slang was just as bad as cussing. They say, the words her tongue writes and stamps on your eardrums can make the blind see. They say, my mama will kill you with kindness just by praying for you, then stop mentioning your name to the creator. She's too humble to admit it, but my mother is so good at being a mom that the whole hood calls her moms. Pull your pants up when she addresses the way that you're dressing, yelling, we can't feed every mouth, but at the same time, ask your friends that you eat today. Mama's recipes electric slide on your taste buds with nostalgia. And for those who didn't know, my mama's a woman. A hell of a woman. And for those who aren't aware, that means that she's got to work twice as hard. And she's black. With a name that is too unique to ever appear on a souvenir keychain, so that means she's working hard times ten. My mother wears her hair the same way a mama bear stands up, it growls, try me. Her glare makes you prefer the aftermath of the soothing sound of a rattlesnake's song. Her roar makes the strongest men ask for help. But when it comes to us, her children, mama's bare hands barely bought bags of bucks to cubs, but it was always enough. Our clothes might not be new, but they were never dirty. I mean, we might be hungry, but we were never starving. And her eyes never forgot to bring nurture along with it as it greeted our hearts. Hmm. Her mama bear hugs. Call upon forces we do not yet understand, but they make the elements reconsider disaster. Her voice is a variety of vital vitamins that have you feeling invincible after a pep talk. Through your poetry, through your music, through your mentoring, just continue to allow God to use you because you have some amazing gifts. And you try your best to impress her. Even for just a second of her smile. Mama, watch this. You summon to her for the 26th time. And she responds with a smile and affirmation 26 times. Mama bear loves, yet mama does hurt. You see, mama dresses struggle in a smile as if it were her own child. I mean, she practically raised it her whole life. You see, mama is so good at drying your tears because she's become a pro at hiding hers in her fur. Have you ever noticed when she only smiles with half her face? Eyes drenched in pain while her teeth say it's okay. I guess nobody truly knows the pain that mama bears. Mama bear holds family above all and that's why no one messes with her cubs. So regardless of how you came to be or your current status with her now, just know that she never raised regret. And becoming you was never an option without she who gives life, she who raises chin, she who molds future, her, the one who looked death in the eyes and said not mine, her, mother nature's advocate, her, 
the beauty, the brains, the brawn. Her. The mother. Know that mommy loves you. She'll always be here for you. Just keep doing what you're doing. I love you, son. <laughs>